Autobots, roll out. End of line. Sounds pretty heavy. Wait, it has nothing to do with it. I am the Night Industries 2000. That are alive, you are coming with me. Hasta la vista, baby. I'm Batman. Hey, geeks, what's going on? You are now listening to Vintage Geeks. I am David. I'm Jordan. Oh, wait a minute. I'm not Jordan. No. <laughs> I'm so... What, uh, what happened there? I was just possessed. <laughs> are we saving the multiverse one podcast at a time? Am I in the right <laughs> show? <laughs> We we could we could actually say this is the supercast where but Jordan's not here again so we could do that right, right? oh my god that'd be that'd be fucking funny <laughs> oh my god yeah fucking supercast made a roaring comeback uh, one was... vo- one voice that's you can't roar too yeah. much yeah that's true that yeah. is true yeah no yeah Jordan is back Jordan is back. I... So, he's doing his like mini bites, right? Like, yeah, having some time during the day and then slapping out half hour, 40 minutes or so, and yep, going on. So, so it's cool, good for him. Yes, very nice. Do enjoy hearing his voice again. It's and he sounds like with it. Tired, you know, like energized. Yeah, yeah, not like that's one. Yeah, that's one thing. Yeah, you took the words out of my mouth. Is he sounds raring to go, excited, which is which is great, which is great to hear. Yeah, uh, and he's friggin' engaged. So I like thanks. Thanks for telling me. Yeah, we got to hear it about it on the freaking show. (laughs) I'm like, right. He still has not learned how to communicate. No, no, not at all. Yeah. It, it was pretty funny. I'm like, I'm listening to that first episode. He's like, my fiance, and like, yeah. kind of like brushes over it kind of quickly. Like, like everyone's supposed to know. And he's like, oh yeah, by the way, I'm engaged. Like the fuck, dude. Well, like, listen, okay, what? We'll we'll see if he's really whipped or not. Because if he doesn't wear a Vikings inspired purple tux or something to the <laughs> wedding, he's a fucking wuss. All right, all right. Oh. Yeah, that's and, right. And somebody's got to have that fucking horn, suit, right? Don't they, don't they do that fucking horn? Oh, no, yeah, we don't need that fucking horn. Fuck that horn. That's that's fucking up. James Hop with his fucking beard be his best man. Uh, It'd be like ZZ yeah. Top beard to the ground. No, he does not have that beard I anymore. I know he doesn't. He does not because yeah. he's, you know, he went fucking mildly stupid and was like, I'm going to shave that shit off. He went, he went <laughs> from Duck Dynasty to looking like a, a serial killer. <laughs> I mean, he looks like there should be a Netflix special about him, a true crime special. Oh my god! You know, so fuck. Anyway, oh shit. But no, I do, I do funny. want. I know David. I know you have not listened yet, but I did. Nope. Fin- I did finish the seven-hour monster, <laughs> pop culture leftovers, three hundredth episode, and 
which was a great episode. And I have to say, in it, I don't think I've ever listened to a podcast, and this is all seven hours. When I wasn't laughing, I was smiling the whole time because it was a just a, it was like a nostalgia kick. Okay, uh, right. I mean, it started out with a with a. I think I told you the I forget the fucker the fucking guy's name I don't I don't know his name but he was he was kind of a smart ass uh, yeah. for his first time on but then just like any good show or stand up act they they finish strong with uh, Greg Alente with an with an amazing story that was the funniest thing since you're through JJ you know <laughs> so I am I am, I am telling you it is. It is the stuff of stand up. It, it could be the 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 end of like a stand up segment, like like Joe Rogan would be doing. It's that right. funny and that good. <laughs> so oh, I don't I don't know what his job is, but he should be a stand up comedian. Yeah, that dude. That dude really kills the the handy Greg fucking vignettes on oh, Facebook. He drops uh, the fucking some music. of the funniest shit I watch. Like I will, whatever I'm watching, I will pause and turn up the volume so I can listen to like handy Greg. I could just listen to his voice. Like I don't even need the video. Yes. Him just talking and describing what he's doing fucking kills. Oh my God. He's got a great cadence, great tone about it. Like it's just, Really knows how to hit hit the beats. It's it's fucking top notch. I love that dude. Oh, man. So anyway, so it's a great episode. Congratulations, Brian and Jake. Uh, I started listening. I, I don't know what episode you started. I started listening uh, Man of Steel, which was I think episode six, if I'm not mistaken. I I started listening. Actually, I have a funny story about it. I um. It was the Winter Soldier episode, so okay. I think it's like fifty or fifty-one, okay, something like that. And um, I had not seen Winter Soldier opening weekend. I was kind of like on the fence because I wasn't, I wasn't a huge First Avenger fan. I was just like, eh, it's good, but eh, whatever. I, it's it doesn't have me excited yet. So I wanted to listen to like a spoiler review of it. And I couldn't find anything, nothing at all that was like a really in-depth kind of let's break down this movie and dissect it and talk about it. And it was like really super short, super quick. Fuck it. We're not going to spoil anything. And I didn't care about being spoiled. So I'm like, fuck, I'm searching, I'm searching. I come up on Pop Culture Leftovers. And from that moment on i haven't missed an episode like i've maybe missed one or two there but i even went back and listened to everything leading up to it and like i've i've listened to every episode of pcl at some point but it was winter soldier that hooked me because i had to know what i was missing and after that i heard their review of it that night i think i i Oh, fuck. When was that? Like four years ago? Five years ago? Winter Winter Soldier? Yeah. Uh, Winter Soldier... 14. 2014. So five years ago. Yeah, yeah I must have grabbed my son that weekend and fucking took him up to go see Winter Soldier because I was just like, oh, 
I, I was so jazzed after that review to go watch it, even knowing everything that happened. Like, they described it so well. And, like, nothing was a surprise, but the way it looked was exactly how they described it and their enthusiasm about it. I just remember getting jacked to go see that movie. And then that was it. I was hooked. Yeah, it was uh, – so I had – that's when I really started – listening to podcasts my i had friends from college who who did one who did a podcast for about six months you know a very similar format you know just talking about all the stuff tron anything like that and there's folded and it was just perfect timing where especially when i went and saw man of steel and i wanted to hear what other people were saying about it and then found theirs and didn't that didn't they i'm pretty sure the the fucking recording messed up so they had to re-record it no i don't i thought the the, the man of steel i remember i don't remember if they had to record it to be honest i with thought you. they lost like the first I, hour or so and then i do know that that was like the first legendary fight between yes brian and jake where they were just <laughs> like jake was like totally instigating them being like that fucking movie sucked balls like just destroying it and brian was losing his fucking mind like it was the first appearance of darth brian before there was a darth brian like he just fucking lost it there he's fucking going off on jake about man like to this day it's still like when it gets brought up everyone's like yeah yeah i remember like everyone has got to listen to that episode it's one of the funniest arguments, like most like passionate arguments from both sides. It was great. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Listen to that as soon as you can. Anybody who, who out there who has not listened to it, pop culture leftover. I mean, you should be listening to it. If you're listening to us, you should be listening to that. It's, right. So, but it's it's great. It's just just it had a bunch of, bunch of fans on and just shot the shit. And I think I think Rebecca had eight or nine beers so oh nice yeah what was funny so uh after i listened to i think yesterday so i messaged brian on you know pop culture leftovers facebook uh, on the you know messenger and i'm like if i would have known in a bunch of people which this is stupid a bunch of people who said they would be on weren't on so some people you know had a double segment and i'm like right if i would have known anybody would have bailed out i said i would have put myself as an alternate you know oh absolutely so anyway so i typed this in and then the answer i get back on pop culture leftovers messenger was from rebecca i'm like she's everywhere like you cannot oh, yeah. this is not escape yeah well and and you know i know like she runs it sometimes because oh i'm sure the she Star runs Trek it i'm shit sure that pops an iron up, fist. i'm just like you motherfucker i know like i just want to say it but it's like eventually it's going to come down to like a hate crime for how much shit I can post against Star Trek just to kind of rub Rebecca the wrong way. Well, uh, so David, um, so I'll make sure I'll announce this here. So actually next week I'm recording the Picard cast with Rebecca <laughs> and, and, and Brooke for the measure of a man episode from Star Trek to next generation. One of my favorite episodes. So shameless plug. Nice. Picard cast. Nice. Yeah. Uh, so, oh, you know what? Okay, so that's that. David, I have two burning questions this from this week. And okay, I, and I need you to help answer that. Okay, this is from. I do a lot of driving, so I'm just have thoughts in my head. 
So okay. two things I need to know because there's been a lot of talk about you know Jeffrey Epstein you know killed himself in jail. Yeah. How did Jeffrey Epstein make all of his money? And number two, totally unrelated, as I was driving, why do they still call it a glove box in your car when most of the time it's filled with ketchup? <laughs> with like me, it's ketchup packets, Chick Fil A sauce, and napkins. So, oh, um, the Jeffrey Epstein. I will I will tackle the easiest question first. And I would assume that he was some kind of like, I don't know, lobbyist. He had something to do with the Clintons. Like, I, re- I remember that. Like, he some government shit. So I'm sure he was shady as fuck. Somebody, I heard today, I was listening to Rogan, and he was talking his, his New York, it's like a $70 million house, penthouse or something was given to him. And Joe Rogan was like, who would give that to him? And he's like, where did he make his money? Which is a great question. And no one's ever answered right. that. Like, I mean, he's not like a Warren Buffett. Like, he's working in stocks and no. everything. He's got a fucking island. He's got a place in the Virgin Islands. He's got three homes here. Like, what the Yeah, I, I really don't know how it is i just know he's somehow connected with politics because i know he's friends with the clintons or did something with the clintons and like i but i think he's i mean he's shady as fuck anyways because the dude's in jail so like whatever he like whatever the dude is fucking completely shady so there's no way that 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 money and everything he has is completely legal there's some there's some shady fucking shit going on with that dude all right, so all right, and then why do they still call it a glove box, David? I tradition. I yeah, like honestly, yeah, because there's no one like I. I won't lie. I live in Vermont, man. I actually do have a pair of gloves <laughs> in the glove box at times, but <laughs> for the most part, it's filled with a bunch of shit that I don't really need. Like. I... I, I used fucking to, old, oh yeah, like user manuals and yes. fucking wires and, and and just junk shit. Here's here's, that so I don't need. here's what I had when I when I cleaned out my glove box. Okay, number one, um, it's got the owner's manuals and shit like that. It's got though it's got the the ketchup packets. I had honey packets from KFC. I had Chick Fil A and napkins and i will say that i at least one of each of those had broken open in the bottom (laughs) of my glove box and just i don't know how long but it was disgusting it was it was i actually said i i I say we change it because i think the other thing that everyone has in their glove box is fucking napkins i think that's where like the the obligatory we need to keep napkins in the car for whatever <laughs> is, reason. Is, that's where they. So David, that's where they David, go. I have listen. So at, at one of my customers today, um, and uh, a lady came in the door, and uh, it's in a Hispanic neighborhood. Super nice people, and sell. She sells fruit cups, like a big um, uh, red solo cup. You know, stacked. Yep. With, stacked with fruit. So they bought me one, and then she put, like, this sauce on it and this this spicy seat, whatever. So I'm in my car eating it, right? And yeah. 
I'm I'm driving and I'm trying to get napkins. You know, I have so I have napkins in the glove box which I can't open while I'm driving. Okay, because my hands dirty. I have I have napkins in in the seat behind me under papers which I couldn't get. <laughs> and then I realized I got napkins under my passenger sun visor, which so that's the ones I grabbed. But I have so many napkins. I don't know if it's just an old it's old person thing, but everywhere we go we get napkins and put it in the car. I- it is an old person thing, but it's also a practical thing. Because I remember my grandmother, for for as long as I knew her, from the day I was born, that chick always had fucking napkins everywhere. Completely prepared. If anything spilled, if someone sneezed, if anything, any fucking thing at all. She could pull out a fucking napkin like no one's business out of fucking thin air. Ugh. So I think it becomes it, – it's one of those things that you learn because when you're young, you don't really give a fuck. You're, you're pretty much – unless you're like super neat freak about your car, your cars are pretty much going to get trashed on a regular basis. And you don't care when you're younger. It's when you get older and you start having kids and fucking the first time one of your kids sneeze and the snot goes completely down their face and is fucking everywhere and you don't have a napkin and you're like looking everywhere in your car for shit to wipe that nastiness up and you fucking like are just sitting there. You start hoarding napkins. Every time you go to a drive through you ask for extra napkins and you start storing that shit away. There was a time I had a fucking roll of paper towels in my truck because of kids and like just the constant mess that they make. I was like, "Mm mm-mm. So I think it comes with age. Eventually, like you get into the habit of always getting napkins, always having them on you. And they, after a while, they just fucking accumulate and you don't even notice it. Well, my, my, my grandmother at her house, so she would she would take from restaurants that they went to, she would take the creamer, you know, the, the little creamer mm-hmm. packets, and she would take the sugar packets, and when you were at her house, she had a Lazy Susan, and she had them, like the restaurant, yep. boom, like if you had coffee, you, you, had, you could have the creamer. <laughs> Your grandmother, like, grew up during the Great Depression, right? Yes, oh yeah. Yep. They, it's that, they never. So, it's that mentality. My grand, my my, uh, my dad's mom, my nana. She, um, she never drove a car. She, she never um, had a job. She was she <laughs> stayed at home and cooked and everything. They never had a, a credit card. They paid all their bills with money orders. Mm-hmm. Uh, they paid cars, you know, cash or whatever. It's just, yeah, it's a different, you know, it's a different era. Yeah. And going through like, and, and my grandparents live like middle of fucking nowhere Midwest. So it's like my grandmother grew up in South Dakota. My grandfather grew up in fucking like Michigan, like Northern and Northern Michigan and shit. So, they like they had to learn how to like live off of everything. They go to a restaurant, yeah, they'd fucking clean the restaurant out, no problem. Little packets of fucking jelly, like 
Well, in which you, so like uh, for like Easter cards and and Valentine's Mm -hmm. cards and things like that, uh, I would get uh, $2 bills. She she had $2 bills. I don't know. She must have had the whole mint stock in her place. So if you go walk somewhere today, hand some some millennial a two dollar bill, and they'll think it's fake. Oh, they have they'd have no fucking clue. I remember when it used to be fucking cool to get like two dollar bills. You're like motherfucker, that's awesome. I I think everyone had like after a while had a stack of two dollar bills because like I remember getting two dollar bills from my grandparents too, like fifty cent pieces and fucking yeah. Dollar bill pieces like it, they're like the Susan B. Anthony's. Like you're like motherfucker, that is awesome. You don't ever see that shit anymore, ever. Well, shit. If you if you go to a if you go to a place and you're and they bring you up and your bill is fifteen sixty one and you give them a twenty and then two seconds later you give you give her a penny or him a penny. You're thinking that you're asking them to solve quantum physics, you know, like, <laughs> uh, uh, the, t- the, you know, time space theory and oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, that, that kills me where it's like, you, give them the 20, you pull out a penny, you give them the one and they fucking sit there and look like you broke their brain <laughs> and, and they fucking, they'll be sitting there like, I already typed in 20. I don't know how to undo this. It's like, motherfucker simple math man like that's what i don't get about this new math shit that they teach the kids because when they're when i see it i get more confused over what they're fucking trying to do than just fucking adding shit and when you take that out of the equation i don't care if you teach new math but keep regular math in there too. show them both ways because you will break a fucking generation they've already broke a generation if you can't figure out four dollars and forty cents is changed from twenty oh one, you fucking don't deserve to fucking have a job, okay? You 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 should probably still be living at your parents at that point. It it drives me fucking bad. All right, so what do we want? What do we want right. to do first? News? Yeah, let's get let's get into news because I seeing as how we're on a ranting topic, might as well just get right into it. All right, we got so Chappelle, Dave Chappelle's special, Sticks and Stones, got a zero percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Yes, well, from the uh, critics, and, and also. Again, listening to that Rogan clip that we were talking about, mm-hmm. they they only let a handful of selected five. outlets five, review it. Five fucking Come reviewers. On. Five. That fucking blew my mind. That's I'm like, ridiculous. you're going to take the opinion of five people and put that out there as your your reviews? Come on. Yeah, yeah exactly. That, and, and then once they they and they, they weren't going to let fans rate it for whatever reason, like there there were some super butthurt people over that special, and I don't I don't get it. Like 
So after listening, you know, I, I listened to, or I watched this Chappelle uh, special and I was just kind of like, I thought that shit was funny, man. I laughed my ass off. And I and I agree. Like, we're, we're in a generation where you have to be so fucking careful on what you say. But that being said, comedians can be funny without pushing limits. But they they comment on the absurd. Yeah. And if you can't take your reality and make fun of it, like there's no point in being a comedian. Like that that, that is really what being a comedian is. You you just observe life and have a certain slant on it and are trying to make people laugh. I get that people are offended. I'm, I'm fine. Whatever. Be offended. But don't listen. Don't make... Don't tell other people what to listen to because you're offended. Like, that to, that to me does not make any sense. And, and it, it, a lot of... Because <clears throat> I ended up listening to or watching the Rogan Burr, uh, uh, Joe Rogan podcast with um, Bill Burr on it. And it was just like, they they were talking about how if you get to a point where one person's viewpoint is the only one that's acceptable, you're you're cutting off what how people should work. People should be allowed an opinion. People should be able to do what they want without being harshly judged. And we, and we fucking, this everywhere uh, you look, it's so fucking overboard. Someone's always fucking offended. Someone's always like, well, they always, I get it. Yeah, and they always seem to, why, why do you weigh the one or two people who, uh, and the news runs with it, acting like it's it's an out a mass outrage. Like the one guy, I think he even said he goes, you know, they hate me when they write about me, but I walk on the street and everybody loves me. You know, or I don't. Right. You know, it's not like people come up to you and say, "You motherfucker!" It's 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 the keyboard, it's the behind the scenes person, uh, and it's like I said, it's okay to be. I mean, George Carlin offended people, Dice Clay, oh, yeah. Eddie Murphy, everybody offend offended people. And back in the back in the day, it was like, eh, I just don't like it, you know. But now it's it's like actively going out and saying, you know, you should not be listening to them, and they shouldn't have a platform, and which is the right. exact opposite of <laughs> of what this country is about. I mean, I, just because you get free speech doesn't mean you won't be offended, right? Exactly, exactly. Like, Jesus. oh, it, that shit drove me nuts. But like, I I did. I fucking went on like this rabbit hole of watching Joe Rogan after that. And like, uh, just the fact that like Bill Burr's special, what killed me, I, I laughed my ass off, but he made really good points. And that's, that's what I love about stand up comics is that they point out such absurd shit in the world that if you don't find it funny, fine, don't find it funny. But the reality is, is like, 
everyone's sense of humor is completely different. And I find the absurdity of of our society funny. But when it, people it, make fun of it. I guarantee you, and I don't know who those people I guarantee you if we were to go and look at those people or look at their social media or something, they probably look like they just sucked on a lemon and just people who are yeah. just so miserable, you know? <laughs> and it just yep. I don't know, man. It's just uh it's just I if I don't like something, turn the channel. Or or exactly. actually actually it's actually it's very good to listen to things that you don't agree with. Right. And I and I that was one of the other points that they brought up that he's like, and it's true. Cause I have friends who are both super left and super right. And like, I, I can proudly say that I am for neither party ever. whatsoever. like at any point, I always go with the person. It's, it's about the person, not the party. And I can sit there and listen and like pick apart someone's beliefs but they could do the same thing to me but if you can't talk about it how are you going to learn from one another and that that that's what i don't get is why if you're not willing to learn someone else's viewpoints and say okay you know what that's fine you can have that viewpoint i can also have my viewpoint and we can have a healthy discussion about it it doesn't need to be a one way or another kind of thing and that shit drives me nuts. I, I would, that Bill Burr special and and listening to Joe Rogan this afternoon was just like I, I got to the point where I'm like so sick of just the constant bashing. It's this way or that way, and it fucking I couldn't wait to talk tonight because I I was fucking got a hair across my ass about it. I'm just like, God damn, people just gotta stop crushing people for the sake of crushing people. Yeah, exactly. So, but you know, it's it's probably uh, it's probably uh, gained him more publicity and more views on Netflix than any of this Mm -hmm. stuff. Oh yeah, that's what this stuff does. And the same thing, the same thing with the Rotten Tomatoes with the fans, ninety nine percent. You know. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. So and, yeah, and like that, we, were, that whole... as we were talking because we both watched the, the 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 new Bill Burr special on Netflix. I think that one, especially the first ten minutes, is more offensive than Chappelle, oh. and no one's saying anything about that. It, that that's it, it was so funny to me because I was, someone had said how I had seen it where someone had said this is you know Bill Burr's shit is way more offensive than Dave Chappelle, and my first thought was of of a bill a picture of bill burr holding a beer handing it off to dave chappelle like hold on one second let me go handle something yeah. and like i it was a fucking one-up kind of thing where like chappelle said some offensive shit but fucking bill burr went out there and was like guess what if you weren't pissed off before you're gonna be now oh it was so funny it that that dude cracked me up. I was at work just giggling my ass off. And the last 15, 20 minutes, I literally had fucking tears running down my face oh, at work. Oh, 
When he's talking about when his wife was pregnant and people are saying, no, you need to say we're pregnant. He goes, I'm not fucking pregnant. He goes, I'm drinking beer, smoking cigars. I'm crushing it. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh. And then when he said, he's, when he's talking about uh, like people, you know, who are hard of hearing coming to a comedy club, he goes, he goes, why is it my job to have a translator? You know, you're deaf. He goes, if you have a, ba- he goes, if you have a bad back, do I need to supply you with a cane? I mean, come on. <laughs> oh my God. Oh, I, that fucking killed me. Oh, oh my fucking ribs hurt right now. Uh, and, oh. and the way like, him and Rogan and in the way a good comedian they tie in an earlier story to mm-hmm. their their closing bit is just great you know so oh yeah with his wife saying you know, what's wrong with you inside <laughs> you know and and you get a, you get a good story at at the end so yeah oh my yeah. god and it was in England too yeah I thought that I I it was funny because he he had said I I like how he acknowledges I don't know how my shit's gonna work over here and then you hear like listening. You really should listen to that Joe Rogan interview yeah. right after you see this special exactly. because there in there that you realize is fucking super brilliant that he's thought out and done and like so. I love comedians in cars getting coffee, and because I love listening to stand-ups talk about their. I love like them breaking down a joke and breaking down a crowd and like just the mechanics of being a stand-up comedian. And Joe Rogan's interviews with comedians is like that. And it's like at least two hours of it, almost three with these comedians. And it's just, it's fascinating the way they think it's, I think it not only does it like kind of curb the outrage if you have it for those specials, but it's a really interesting look at how these people think. Like they will say a lot of shit that people think they just know how to do it to make it work as a joke. So, yeah. 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 So yeah, that, that fucking zero rot on zero percent on rotten tomatoes fucking threw everyone at a tizzy. I was I was quite shocked, myself included. Oh wow. And then, and then speaking of news that is just fucking ludicrous, I saw that they're rebooting face off. One the the uh, the Nick Cage John Travolta yes. movie? What? Yes. No, okay. I didn't see that. I I have an issue with this because Face Off is not great at all. It's not a fantastic movie. But yet it is a it's fantastic like, like movie a... because it is a fucking it is amazing craziness. It like the insanity. It's like Dark Man. It's like Dark yes. Man. You know, it's it's just it's got some cheesy ass shit and some cheesy ass effects, but it's it's fucking enjoyable. Right. Exactly. There's no need to remake this. There's no need. 
Like, I don't even understand why. The, it, it's much like trying to remake Back to the Future or or uh, the, what's the other one that they're fucking rebooting with the, oh, Big Trouble in Little China. Like, yeah. you know, like, they may not be masterpieces, but they're masterpieces for what they are. You got to like let shit just be what it is and not try to steal it. You're not going to make it better with better acting. So, like, just leave it be. I was just, I was just, when I just pulled up some information on uh-huh. it, it said that, uh, said the DVD version of this action thriller was one of the first movie, first movies released on the DVD format in October of 1998. Yep. Wow. Yeah. Ninety-two percent fresh, David. <laughs> That's because I like it's it's seriously the cage, baby. So ninety-two percent's probably about right. Like it's not. It's a horrible flick, but it's enjoyable. It's you know it it kind of deserves the ninety-two percent just for nostalgia because it is one of those movies that you'll rewatch just for the sake of rewatching. Yeah, I was actually just gonna look it up and see where it's playing because I I need to I need to watch that again. Yeah, I don't know. I can't remember the last place I've seen it. Well, I will go to my handy Just Watch app, which is awesome. <laughs> it is the best thing ever. And Face Off, nineteen ninety seven. Oh, just for rent. Or three bucks to rent. Uh, that's not bad. Yeah. That's worth the rental. 100%. But it's, again, we're in the age of, we're in the age of reboots, taking a known property. Yeah. That's just, that's just, you can, David, you can rent it for four bucks or buy it for five <laughs> bucks. So I will be buying it for five dollars. Nice. Very nice. <laughs> Oh, that's great! Oh my god! Rent it for four, oh buy it for five. That's that's god. fucking ridiculous. Fucking John Travolta is on a tough, tough. Uh, what he had Gotti, which was that it was like zero. Oh, There's something that deserved yeah. to be zero on Rotten Tomatoes, and then whatever movie he just had is another one that bombed. Oh yeah, just had that one, one that came out. That was done by Fred Durst. Um, I can't remember the name of it. Yeah. Yeah, I heard that fucking just got trashed. So he he may be uh he may have jumped the shark, right? Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. Quite easily at this point. He almost jumped the shark when he did uh uh the fuck's that stupid movie. Um but Battlefield, Battlefield Earth. Earth, yeah. Uh, I don't think I've ever seen that. Oh, dude! I've seen. Of bits course, and I just pieces. pulled him up. On, I I I pulled him up on IMDb, and the first trailer showing is him and it look looking like that alien. <laughs> thing. Wasn't that a Wasn't that a Scientology type movie? It was. Movie? Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Yep. That's horrible. Well, God, he's still, dude. I'm looking at his stuff. Uh, Speed Kills 2018, Trading Paint, The Poison Rose, 
Pitbull 3 to Tango is a video short. The Fanatic. I mean, he's still getting into work, man. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's amazing to me because I you do see a lot. Like, Nick Cage has, like, a fucking shit ton of movies. All recent that are all, like, completely go to streaming right off, Redbox, whatever. They're like... I never ever hear of a Nick Cage movie being released, but like there are a ton of them coming out that are just fucking like literally straight to video kind of movies. Okay, David, which one of these Nick Cage movies that's upcoming would you want to see? Um, Kill Chain, Prisoners of the Ghostland. Jiu-Jitsu <laughs> the, or 10 double zero? Um, I think comedic wise Nick Cage in a movie about Jiu-Jitsu might be entertaining but I think the second one probably sounded it is. It says it's a new sci-fi martial arts franchise from Dimitri Lojlithis, director and producer of Kickboxer Retaliation. That's a win. Frank Grillo's in it. Really? Yeah. Nick Cage, uh, Frank Grillo. See, this is a movie, if he was still around, like Randy Quaid would yes. be in, you know? Like, he would be like the, you know, the, remember like the dude, remember the dude who, uh, in, uh, uh, in Bloodsport, you know, his, his, uh, that, uh, fat, not, not fat partner, but the dude who was like in Revenge of the Nerds. Yes. You know, the big husky yep. guy, like, that's Fulger. the kind of guy he's. What the f- was that his name? It was he played Booger in Revenge of the Nerds. I'm trying to think of what his real name is. Her Ogre. Ogre, not Booger. Ogre. Donald Donald Gibb. Yes. Yeah, he he always plays the the friend, the buddy, the bully, yep. the football player. He was he was one of the jocks in in Revenge of the Nerds and then he was his uh his uh it's like sidekick in blood sports. Yep. So. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. So don't re- reboot face off at all. Oh my God. So I, I need your opinion on something. Right. What do you think of Haley Atwell joining mission impossible seven? I think it's, I think it's great. I love Haley Atwell. Love Haley Atwell. And so someone, <laughs> did you see someone on the leftover army page was like, must be hard up for money. I'm like what? <laughs> uh, yeah. Being invited to, to co-star with Tom Cruise in a multi-billion dollar franchise. Right. Yeah. That's really settling. You know, it's not, <laughs> again, it's not like it's a Nick Cage directed video <laughs> release. Right. Yeah. So, well, I, I watched her. She had a, it, it was it ran for i don't know 15 episodes that it was a show on abc uh where she was uh like a she played like a lawyer type who but she was a lesbian she was still uh, she was a 
still kind of a drug addict, mm-hmm. but was helping overturn wrongful convictions. It was actually a really good show. Oh yes, typical. Yes, remember that? I think actually it was, was called, I think it was called, called convictions. convictions. Me and my wife were watching that. That was really fucking good. Yeah. So she she was she was like the daughter of famous politician, and she was the she was always like in trouble yep. and things like that. So, but no, yeah, I, I, I'm so glad to hear that news. I'm, you know, we're gonna obviously we're gonna hear her as the voice in you know the What If yep. TV series as Peggy Carter, but uh, and I love the agent I love the Agent Carter stuff that was on ABC. Yeah, me too. I mean, come on. So, yeah, mm. yeah, and I, and I just watched the the Mission Impossible a few weeks ago, the new one, yeah. Fallout. It was it's, it started on uh, you know I saw it was available on Amazon and everything, and uh, um, just just a little too long, man. Yeah, you know what I mean. Just like cut twenty minutes out of it. It's. It's like, man, you think it's about to be over, and it's like there's a whole other. It's like, is there now? There's a fourth act. Yeah. There's another action. What? Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. Tom Cruise, baby. I, I honestly, I wasn't a huge fan of Fallout. I I enjoyed it for what it was. So like, but you got to think of the people that have been in that franchise, like. The one with fucking Philip Seymour Hoffman was fucking incredible. And like the the people that they get to get in on these movies always fuck like I loved Cavill's stuff in Fallout. It was you know mustache and all. Like it, it was nice to kind of see him play against type or what I'm used to seeing him. So I, I like how they're grabbing these these actors to come in and, and kind of show maybe a different side, but I, you know, I, I almost kind of wish it wasn't mission impossible at this point. Cause I think there's better ways to use their talent. It uh, also IMDb shows that uh, she's filming a, a TV series right now Ooh. called criminal R- called criminal. Hmm. It's going to be 12, 12 episodes. I don't know where it's a cat and mouse drama, which focuses on the intense mental conflict between detectives and suspects comprising 12 stories set in four different countries. Each takes place within the confines of a police interview suite. Hmm. Huh? Interesting. So yeah, I'm all, I'm all for more. Give me more Haley. Atwell. Yeah, I'm there with you. Something we're apparently not getting more of is Spider-Man in the MCU. Sony said they're done. They're out. Fuck it. We can't do it no more. I I am a little shocked to hear this come out of Sony. Um, I, I think it's probably a, a little more posturing than anything at this point. It is. Absolutely. But the shit that they said blew my mind. So, like... There's a quote saying uh, Kevin didn't do all the work. Spider-Man was be- was fine before the event mm-hmm. movies. And I'm like sitting there going, are you out of your fucking mind? You rebooted that character twice in like 
less than six years. Like, come on. Well, they they have it's it's egos. We we talked about this months and months and months ago uh, on the supercast even, and they it, you know they're I guess they're posturing for the. 12 people who don't know what's really going on, right? Somebody right now, somebody in uh, probably James Hop neighbor in fucking Tennessee right. or wherever the shit he lives is like, yeah, yeah, Spider-Man, yeah, that's right. We got him back and he's fine, yeah. you know. Uh, we don't need that, but yeah, that's, they're so, they're, they're so clueless. So I, I, I love this quote too. I think we're pretty capable of doing what we have to do here. What gives you that idea that you're capable of handling this story at this point? Because Venom made a ton of money because Kevin Feige basically wrote your movies. Like, and that's the other thing. Where do you get the gall saying like, yeah, maybe Kevin Feige didn't do it all, but Kevin Feige's people did it all. You literally sat back and did fucking nothing. David, I don't think you saw the genius of uh, Rhino in Amazing Spider-Man 2. <laughs> I am Rhino! Uh, yeah, I did. I also heard the genius of that fucking awful score throughout all of Spider- Amazing Spider-Man 2. Dude, when I was uh, when I was watching that movie, okay, because I knew about Rhino, and I realized it's the end of the movie. I'm like, wait a minute, did they cut out Rhino? Did I miss something? And then you see, who is it? Who's the guy who was Rhino? Paul was Giamatti. Uh, what's his name? Paul Giamatti. I, I and I still and still to me to this day I still think of him as the dude uh, on Private Parts. Yes, Howard Stern. Big you know, moment. W- oh my and god. Yeah, I fucking oh, I love that movie. I that was the first time I remember seeing Paul Giamatti. In I, think so. I think me too. And like, who else? Oh, fucking what's her name? Um, uh, oh, she. Um, drawn. I'm fucking like I have her name right on the tip of my tongue. Who you? Well, his no. Wife. Um, she was in the West Wing, and she's on Mom. Allison Janney. Allison Janney was in okay. on that in that movie too. Um, that's the first time I remember seeing her because I remember watching the West Wing, going, "Wait, that's that's the bitch from NBC." Um, yeah, that that fucking movie kills me. I love I loved Howard Stern when I was younger. I'd fuck I'd like when he went to Satellite. I ended up getting Satellite Radio so I could listen to him. Like it was, that dude got me through a good portion of my life. So I love that movie. Yeah, I list, I list, I list him for quite some time too. But yeah, yeah I fucking Sony, man. I'm just like, you, you gotta stop. Gotta stop. Fucking a, just stop posturing and, and keeping this a story. Well, just again, shut up and they're let going, it. They're They're, they're just going to talk like we would have been at this point, even if, you know, we would have been successful no matter right. what, which is totally doesn't make any sense based on their track record. Okay, what did Amazing Spider-Man two? What did that thing make? It was uh, did it make half a billion dollars? Oh, probably. I mean, 
maybe. Like, but if honestly, if you had dropped Amazing Spider-Man three, that would have been fucking. It. it you just you were oh, headed on a downward trend at that point. Yeah, you were. Um, you were not going to get. Um, you were not going to get the more than the hardcore fan. Right. <clears throat> I, I gotta, I gotta see how much that one is made. Amazing Spider-Man two, wow. To, domestic two hundred million, yeah. foreign five hundred. Wait, that movie so, made a combined total of fucking seven hundred million dollars. Yep. What the fuck? Oh, yeah. That's just I mean, proof that the Asian the, market the, the first one, has no the, the taste fir- in the films. First one, yeah. The first one made $757 million. So, uh, it's funny. You look at Box Office Mojo, and it's got Amazing Spider-Man 3 and 4 TBD. <laughs> oh, really? All right. Let's move on to the shit we've watched. Um, we already talked about Bill Burr. Um and listening to Joe Rogan, so I'm gonna skip those. But uh, I, so me and my wife are kind of on the um, summer show blues at this point. Everything's kind of finishing up. We're kind of waiting for our fall shows to start up, so we have shit to watch. But uh, so this weekend we're kind of sitting around, and I decided that we should be watching movies instead of starting new series. And uh, I realized she'd never seen John Wick. And I knew John Wick 3 was coming out. So I knew if I could get her to watch the first two movies, that she wouldn't have a problem renting John Wick 3 and watching it with me during the week. So I watched John... Is that her kind of movie, or no? Is that a strategy? I It's... It's not a huge stretch. It's a little bit of a stretch. Um, it's like, she'll go and see the, you know, the MCU movies. She watches all my, you know, all the superhero movies I watch. Unless like, I tell her like, oh no, it's not good. Like she, she won't have any interest in watching it. Like she wouldn't care, care about watching Justice League or anything like that. Um, but I can get her to watch an action film. It's just sometimes like. Sometimes she'll go for the absurd and be like, okay, you know what? I I can let this craziness go. And then other times she's like, oh, that's not fucking realistic at all. I'm like, it's a movie. Of course it's not realistic. No one does this shit in real life. She's like, that, that's just crazy. That's insanity. No, that doesn't even make sense. So mm-hmm. I, I knew that John Wick would be a bit of a stretch, but she could do the stretch for the most part not really knowing what I was walking to in number three. So we watched the first one and the minute that they killed the dog, my, oh, God. my wife looked at me and she goes, Oh, that is not okay. I go, no, it's not okay. And oh, you're going to see how not is. okay this is. So like at the end of the movie, she's like, I like that. That was a good movie. She goes, that's it. I go, Oh no, there's another one. There's actually two more. She's like, all right, let's watch the next one. So we watched two, and 
she was she thought it was a little long and i tend to agree with her like it's not nearly as good as the first one but it you know it it kept up the momentum it, it had enough of a heart of a movie to kind of keep her into it so for me john wick one oh well let's do our our rating system first real quick just so you know we loved it it's a jedi we liked it it's a padawan if we fucking hated it it's a jar jar and then you know if we if it's a must-see fucking tell everyone about it motherfucking jedi so she she jedi is the first one she she high padawan is the second one maybe a padawan i'm probably at a high padawan with the second one and last night we watched chapter three parabellum and i had just heard fucking people blow this movie from the minute it was released everyone loved this fucking movie oh my god it's the best of the series it might be my favorite of the series i like i'm like well shit this is gonna be really good and i remember you saying that you liked it but it wasn't you didn't like it as everyone as much as everyone else i'm like man i just don't know this many people can't be wrong yeah that many people were fucking wrong. So we are like, we keep stopping in the middle of John Wick three because there is so much action. So, 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 so much action. It keeps getting thrown at you. Yes. It doesn't, it doesn't fucking stop. And I get it. If you're, into watching the you know a movie where it's like a straight up fucking action film and it like you kind of you don't really care quite so much about the story and it you, you're really into showcasing the action this is a fantastic movie but if you've watched these John Wick films and don't realize that the heart in those stories is what actually makes that action worthwhile. Then you're kind of missing the point of those movies because to me, three was just a nonstop. Let's see if I can outdo myself from scene to scene. And I'm not saying that they were bad scenes. I think they're fucking phenomenally done. They look gorgeous. I love that they don't do the fucking super edit cuts you know so that you feel like you know every move is a different camera view they actually give the the choreography some some space to breathe and i really enjoyed that and and it looks fucking beautiful but it's just so much like it doesn't stop and it doesn't let these characters progress progress at all like there's no character development in it it's just it's just a big dick swinging fucking movie where it's just like yeah look at us i think that's and i think that's what i said i think when whenever i reviewed it maybe it was on the supercat i don't know but but there was no there was no emotional center to the movie right it was just yeah we're chasing you and action scene to action scene, and you have to suspend more disbelief. The I think what I said was, do you remember when they were 
playing they were shooting guns between in the horse stable and yeah. the horses are just standing there like those horses would be nuts my my wife said those horses would exact be same thing. everywhere yeah and, and then and then conveniently when he's on a motorcycle they only have katanas or whatever right you know it's like well why don't they have guns now so, so the knife scene was good little long the the stuff with Halle Berry and the dogs I really liked I thought yeah. that was original yeah but it was it was there was nothing uh, you, you didn't feel anything no you know? and I I can't believe people think it's the best one of the series it's yeah. the worst one of the series I, it really is to me it, it was really a step down for what that movie series could have been and and one of the other things that stuck out to me was that it feels like Keanu might be getting a little long in the tooth to be doing these action movies. Because, yes, I get it. He's had, you know, fucking weeks of, you know, uh, of just having the shit kicked out of him in this, in this movie series so far. And he probably shouldn't be moving as fast as, like, he should be for some of this stuff because one of the things I was noticing is like the big time gaps of where like he's hit with something and yet they give him time to recover before they go back after him. Whereas the, I, I was, I was counting and there was at least 15 different moments where someone could have easily killed John Wick if they had just kept going as opposed to stop. And let him get back up and let him get himself, you know, recentered. Like, I'm just like, dude, what the fuck? Like, well, these I, people the aren't, I said, like, the sim- aren't like bound by honor codes or something. They're fucking trying to I kill know. you. So, yeah, I think the, the other thing that I said during my review was, I, again, I love him. But now, when he's running, he looks like he's shit his pants. Yes. And he's trying to get he's trying to get somewhere to change his pants because it's a very uncomfortable run. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> the sprint that he's trying to do. Yeah. So. Yep, I completely agree. That I, that was just like fucking mind bending to me. What what here's what here's what I would have liked. I mean, it, it something with the movie if like him and Ian McShane with most of the movie on the run. You right. know what I mean? Like, give me more Ian McShane, give me more whatever, but uh, I don't know. Yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was, it was just okay. Yeah. Yeah. To me, it, it was a paddle on at best. I, I honestly think the choreography, the way it was shot was, was really done nice. And I, I think it, it keeps it out of like being complete trash. I think there's, shit you can do with that movie it, there's a good movie in there somewhere you just got him a lot of that fat out of it and and make it so it's not quite so unbelievable um but yeah mm-hmm. that so that that was that i i felt bad because my wife was just like oh my god that was so much i'm like that was just fucking noisy like i feel like i need aspirin after that but, uh, mm-hmm. oh, um I started watching uh, Wu Tang in American Saga, uh, the the show on Hulu about the Wu Tang Clan. Fucking four episodes. The the newest episode dropped today. They dropped the first three last week. 
dropped in the fourth episode today. So apparently they're now dropping just one episode a week. Um, but I fucking love it. I, I love those like biography movies either and shows. Like I love learning about these characters and I know it's not all completely true. And I, you know, I get that they add on, but I like seeing where these, where these people come from and, and how they came up and, and especially like shit I love like fucking Queen and, and Bohemian Rhapsody like I love that shit because I love those stories so th- and this is so well acted so well done I love the music obviously um, there's not a single problem I've had with this show it has a great pace looks beautiful like it, even when they do flashbacks they make it look grainy like almost like so like the difference between, you know, a tube TV and a HD TV. Like when when you're going kind of back in time and you're, it's years ago. They're they're kind of, it feels like you're watching kind of tube TV. And then when you get back to present time and their time, it, it's clear and everything else. So they do a really good job with just telling the story, the lighting, everything. It's fucking phenomenal definitely a must watch if you're a wu-tang fan at all gotta watch it fucking complete jedi you'll love it if you're a wu-tang fan if you love this kind of stuff you'll love it um if you're not the biggest wu-tang rap guy may not be for you but it again it's really well done really impressed with it um so yeah jedi give it a chance enjoy it um I also started watching uh, Mayans MC because I, I watched Sons of Anarchy when it was on. Love that show. And I just kind of hadn't gotten around to, to watching Mayans just too much on my plate usually and didn't care enough. So I, I decided I would give it a shot. And I really like it. It, it took a couple episodes to kind of hook me. But once it got that feel and once it got its flow really picked up, really moves along real nice. Um, I would say that the first two episodes are, are high Padawans. And then everything since I'm, I think I'm up to episode eight right now have all been Jedi's really good, really good acting. Um, but just a ton of connection to sons of anarchy really impressed with the story and where it's going so i i at this point right now jedi by its mc it's it's if you like sons of anarchy gotta do it it's really good um and then one other thing i i watched um and i don't know if i brought it up before but i watched that show hyperdrive on on netflix had you seen ads for that Yeah, so it's like it's like a, a closed race course and people from around the world go there and fucking run this course and you know it, it, whoever has the best time moves on and it, it get into this whole thing at the end so your your car's got to have endurance and longevity and fucking but be fast and shit like these people are all fairly professional racers of some sort um usually drifters a lot of drifters in it um, it's produced by Charlize Theron, um, and it's hosted by, uh, 
Michael Bisbing and Rutledge Wood from Top Gear. I don't know if you ever used to watch Top Gear, but he's one of the dudes from Top Gear. Excuse me. And uh, it's really funny because when I first started watching, I'm like, the fuck is Bisbing doing here? Because I know him from MMA. The dude was a really decent MMA fighter. So I watched him in the UFC a lot. He still actually is the recipient of one of my favorite all-time knockouts where I was just, I was, it's him and Dan, Dan Henderson and they're going around the cage and Bisbee is just kind of fucking circling to the right. And I'm like, man, he's got to stop circling to the right. Fucking Hendo's going to drop him. And right after I said that, Joe Rogan said it. He's like, man, Bisbee's fucking circling to the right. He's, I don't know what he's doing, but he better, he's going to get caught. And just as he said, five seconds later, fucking Dan Henderson throws this fucking hook and hits Bisbee square on the jaw. And he just goes, literally gets fucking stiff. The minute it impacted, he goes stiff and drops. And Bisbee at the time was fucking super cocky, super mouthy. And it was like really nice. Like you always wanted someone to just shut him the fuck up. So as he's dropping and almost going to hit the mat, you can tell he's fucking out. Dan Henderson jumps up and as he's falling, jumps down on top of him and just starts fucking letting loose. And the fucking ref jumps off. He got in like three, four shots of Bisbee just on the ground, knocked out. And fucking Bisbee was just getting wailed. Ref stops it and fucking Bisbee done. Fucking smoke. But after that, he actually kind of calmed down. He, he definitely became more humble. I liked him more, and he actually became a much better fighter. Um, but it was really weird seeing him on the show. I, I didn't feel like he kind of fit, but it was. He ended up having some really good like discussions with Rutledge on on the cars and stuff, and offering some shit. So it was. It's actually a pretty entertaining show. It's just you got to like that kind of shit. You got to like seeing the drifting and you got to like be into the cars and stuff. The, the car that won it, mm-hmm. it gets put through fucking hell. Well, the car that comes in second gets put through absolute brutal torture. Like it's amazing that by the end of this thing that this car is even fucking running. And it they put their cars through so much. So it, it's a definitely, you know really enjoyable if you're into that shit kind of like competition reality kind of thing with cars so i I jedi it totally totally enjoy it what have you been watching sir what have i been watching so so tv wise i i just had a itch for knight rider and it was on (laughs) The NBC app. I guess they have. I don't know if they have all the seasons. So I watched the, uh, the, the you know the origin, yeah. the two part pilot, and then and then I watched the uh, some of the the specialty episodes. So I watched the first and third season of. Remember uh, when Kit yes. goes up against Car, the night automated <laughs> roving robots. <laughs> That that the in season in season one, Car was voiced by none other than Optimus Prime, oh, Peter nice. Collins. I did not know that. Yeah, yeah, Lo- I love those episodes. And then 
and then I watched, I still have more to watch of this, but I watched the, the two-parter for, uh, beginning of season two yep. of Goliath where <laughs> with the uh, evil Garth David Hasselhoff <laughs> with the the goatee the cane. Oh my god, that was great. Oh my gosh. It's just so many things. If you go on if you go on our Facebook page, I, I took I put a bunch of screen caps from Knight Rider. It's so eighties, yep. it's funny. It is such oh, a yeah. time capsule. Um but uh great uh, great show. The only thing that sucks about NBC app is fucking yep. commercials, man. Just too many commercials to get through. But it's funny looking at it back then, like season one, the first episode was forty-seven minutes yeah. long. So thirteen, only thirteen minutes, twelve or thirteen minutes of commercials. What now? What, oh, forty-three, forty minutes. 40, yeah. Yeah. So you got like twenty minutes of yep. commercials for an hour show. So uh, anyway. And then I, I stuck on my 80s kick, and I've been talking about this for a while, but uh, the the underrated Nemo <laughs> Williams, The Adventure. Is it The Adventure I Begins or Continues? I, I, mean, I, I think it's Adventure Begins. I always think it continues because I kind of, well, maybe it is Begins. Yeah. The Adventure Begins. So that was supposed to, that's why. Because I, I was doing some research on it, and because this was supposed to become the blue collar James Bond with martial yes. arts ability um, uh, series, and uh, it, it I, I think if I'm not mistaken, I think the director of this directed four really? James Bond movies too. So, but apparently, this was this was done by Orion and. The film flopped so hard. I think this was the one that bankrupted the studio, because they thought this was going to be the the shit. And it's become a cult yes. classic. And it's got a great it's got great music. It's got an amazing middle of the movie action set piece um, with the Statue yep. of Liberty. So back when, back when this movie was filmed, you're, if you remember, they were refurbing the Statue of Liberty, so it had that that yep. exoskeleton around it, you know. And so they, but they built they built a one to one scale from like the the chest up to do these action scenes, and it's amazing. It 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 looks amazing. Uh, but one of the things that would never fly today. Uh, the the Korean martial arts teacher master uh, was played by Joel Gray, and they used prosthetics <laughs> to make his face and his eyes look Asian. It, it, yeah, yeah, it's. Um, who else was it? Kate yep. Kate Mulgrew was in it. Um, Wilford Brimley. Oh shit, that's right. So. Yeah, it was. They were. They were. Uh, the organization cure it was him and it was uh bromley was the uh the other guy who uh, with the with the uh with the fit one of the fake arms and uh remo they were they were the three that were part of this organization and they do there's some great training montages of 
how he how he gets almost superhuman abilities and it's a lot of no. Fred Ward is great. Fred Ward is great. And then I didn't realize they, they had and it's on YouTube, they had a failed T V pilot. Roddy McDowell played uh uh is it Shun? The martial arts master. And uh, the, whoever the dude who was with yeah. Williams was terrible. There's no Fred Ward. But but anyway, so I I started watching it on on a Voodoo for free, Voodoo app for free. I'm 20 minutes into it, and I wanted to see a scene again, so I hit the skip back 10 seconds, and it starts oh. it at the beginning, and you can't fast forward. So then I think I think uh, somebody I think maybe it was James Hop reminded me he's like it's on Tubi TV yeah. T-U-B-I TV and so I, I watch it on there and that one you could fast forward uh, and it's got ads too but not as many as, as Voodoo nice. so yeah Remo Williams is yep. a fucking Jedi man that's a great have you, oh, have you seen dude. it I haven't seen, seen that, that? In a, a good two decades probably it's been yeah me too it's same 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 with me yeah that shit used to be on all the time it was like and a then, fucking HBO staple too yeah, and the last thing, besides the Bill Burr special, which we already talked about, the last thing that I watched was last night on none other than HGTV. It's a very <clears throat> Brady renovation. So this, they they take, you know, the Brady bunch. The exterior shot of the house in California was nowhere near what the soundstage, you know, the soundstage didn't where they filmed the show didn't match anything with the right. floor plan of the house. They just use it for exterior shots. So the house, whatever it was, yeah, last year, year and a half ago comes up for sale. Right. Um, in like anything in California, I mean, it's a three bed, two bath split level house. And it's like, whatever, right. $1.2 million. Right. Lance Bass. Yep. From, is he from NSYNC? Is that where he's from? So he goes over. He puts in a $1.5 million bid. He's about to get the house. HGTV comes in, and they just flop it on the table. $3.5 million. Holy shit. Because <laughs> they're like, we have to get the house. So so they buy the house, and what they are doing over the course of, I don't know how many shows it's going to be, but they are actually restoring the exterior of the house to look just like the exterior shots of the show. And they are converting the inside to what it looked like on the show. And the, the, the design and engineering task of this is nothing short of now. Are they, are they updating the furniture at all? Or is this going to be like fucking completely retro seventies? No, Dude, dude, listen. They are going so far. They're going through pictures. They're going oh. through shows. They they have uh they are it's going to be outfitted just like it's a time capsule. They have uh, in the first episode uh they have uh like things, accessories and like uh a cluster this big artist piece grape cluster that was on the living room table and this this uh uh, curio cabinet that yep. was right before you walked in the kitchen. They 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 couldn't find those things, so they they put out a they put out to crowdsource it, and 
like somebody from New England supplied, donated their the curio cabinet, and this dude from wherever donated this thing to because they 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 want identical. The, um, so for example, the living room sofa, and this is in episode one. They they couldn't they went through all the vintage patterns. They couldn't find anything that matched. So they recreated the pattern from a digital uh, fabric printing wow. company. So it looks, yeah, it is. And you have this the six remaining kids. Every you know Robert Reed and and uh, uh, Anne B. Davis, Alice and uh, Florence Henderson yep. are dead, unfortunately. So it's just got the 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 six the six of them left, and uh, it is first episode was an hour and a half. And kind of like the thing with PCL, I was smiling the whole time, and they were showing old clips of things, and uh, it's just, and they're promoting the fuck out of it, dude. So it's 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 a lot of fun to watch, and I love. I mean, uh, it. I just yeah. I just remember watching that show. Yeah, I'll have, I'll have to find uh, that because I I I'm really interested in seeing how they do that that. Again, it is part of our childhood. So, it, it, and I love the fact that they're completely renovating it to make it look show accurate, as opposed to like, well, let's do it this way, you know? Because I, I think you have a tendency to do that with these houses, because you'd be like, well, we could fucking resell it, but it sounds like they're setting this up almost to be almost museum esque. Exactly. Yeah. I don't know what's going to happen with this when it's done, like what they're planning on doing with it. But, uh, yeah. All I know is I wish I was the people who were selling that house. Yeah. Tw- <laughs> three point, $3.5 million. Like, okay, <laughs> sold. When do you need this out? Oh, my God. Uh, shit. Um, but, yeah, other than that, I mean, just Titans is what? Yeah. Premiere, season two premiere. So, I... I fucking super enjoyed this episode, man. I I was hooked from the minute it started. Now, I didn't really, because I, I listened to Jordan's recap of it, and I didn't really remember them re- retconning the, the origin of Titans. I, I don't remember that being talked about a lot last season, so it didn't really, that shit really didn't phase me. But I really loved, where they picked up and and the fact that yeah i agreed with you 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 said it had felt a little rushed and i i get it but i don't think that that trigon story needed to be a huge arc because it was like the way trigon manipulated everything that whole first season is kind of trigon we just get trigon the last couple of episodes so yeah. I'm fine with them wrapping it up in the first episode because I do want to get moved on to another villain. And it's not like they completely killed him off. He's still in that gem. He's still, um, you know, he, he can still be used in, in future episodes. So, Yeah, and I think I think they will explore that some fashion. Yeah, I, I mean, I didn't mind with them wrapping it up. I just, I thought... I thought that the way they did it, I mean, they wanted to dispatch him quick. Mm-hmm. And 
you know, they the 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 plot points about Hawk and Dove needing to find Jason Todd really had no meaning. Mm-hmm. Um, the um, where you know her visions in season one of finding Dick, um, and so I thought he would have more to do. Yeah, you know, him and her of of getting rid of of Trigon. So that was the other thing, but. Uh, but they did they did make a point in this one four different times where they they referenced Titans is to try yeah. to reinforce it with us you know which which I'm again I'm fine with but uh uh but I yeah I thought um I thought the I thought the they had some really good humor mm-hmm. especially towards the beginning like when you know, Hawk, uh, when they were at, well, first of all, you, you got Jason Todd riding yes. a motorcycle in Wayne Manor. I mean, they, they, they do that. Kern yep. Walters, I think is his name. They have totally nailed the, I could give a yeah. Jason Todd yep. attitude. Like I, probably better oh, yeah. than the comics did, you know? And, uh, but when Hawk was doing the Batman, you know, hand <laughs> mask with a face, you know, you know? So, and uh, that, that's that's and then right after that is the first time that, you know. Then Jason says, "Oh, the you know, the Titans," yep. you know. So that was the first, you know, indication of it. And you know, they threw out a lot of, uh, uh, they threw out a lot of, you know, the Bruce is yep. with the Justice League and Alfred's with him, and they reference the Bat Computer, and uh, you know, so, so yeah. But uh, I thought. Uh, I thought the um, on when, when, once they got inside the house, yeah. The all the Titans got inside the house and they were having the, the revisions or whatever. The one, the the the, the Robin versus Robin yes. stuff was great. Yes. Yeah. The, the... I mean, he, when when he see he's you know. You know, Dick says, you know, Batman was going to break. He was going to kill the Joker and take down Gotham with him. Then they start fighting and they're using, you know, smoke bombs. He's grabbing the R from his the the uniform, you know, and then grabs, you know, Joe, you know, I say Joe Chill's gun, but, or, you know, uh, Bruce's parents, yeah. murderer, you know, from the, the case, which I don't know. Have we in live action ever no. seen the gun in the case? We've seen it in the cartoons. Nope. So, not that I remember, anyways. So I thought that was, I don't remember. So I thought that was, I yeah. thought that was freaking. Yeah, cool. I liked, I liked, I, I did feel like all the flashbacks were kind of edited down to make time for, you know, the the not having to drag this out for another episode. I think, I think, yes, this might have been better served cutting it into two episodes and letting those flashbacks play out a little bit longer like the 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 robin one was i agree fucking top notch I, I, the way that they fought the way they looked the fact that they were both in the robin costumes and they were both kind of different and like it was it was absolutely beautiful um the the one major problem i had was with bruce um I actually didn't mind the way that he was portrayed. What I had a problem with was the accent. You can tell he's not good with an American accent yet. 
there's there's times where he slips. He's trying really hard to not let his accent slip out, and then unfortunately, it just kind of does at times. Um, but yeah. other than that, I like the way it's portrayed. Like honestly, I think I, I think the dude oh, playing I him do, does a yeah, great yeah. job and plays the better, older, wiser Bruce. I buy him as Bruce and Batman. To be really honest, like. I can tell, if nothing else, he's got he's got a great Bruce, a great older, more knowledgeable kind of wiser Bruce. I think if they keep it to the comics and they end up killing fucking Jason, I see that dude doing a fucking breakout performance that that as Bruce that will just be mind shattering. So I. I well, I, I got, I got, yeah, I, I've got, so I, I wrote down some of this dialogue because we have really, we've never had the uh, Dick who's left the nest conversation with Bruce who resent, not resents, but, right. you know, didn't understand. So, you know, at the beginning, at the beginning, Dick says, you know, I never got a chance to talk to you about why I left. It wasn't exactly on great terms. And then, you know, Bruce says, well, in my experience, when people part, yep. it rarely is. And then Dick Dick talks about, you know, he had a darkness inside and that made me hurt people. Um, and it, maybe it was due to how, he goes, you know, maybe it was how you raised me, how you weaponized me as a child. Bruce says, well, that's yeah. one way of putting it, <laughs> you know. And then the next one where it says, Dick says, point is, I blamed you for a lot of things that may or may not have been your fault. And Bruce says, so now you've decided which one it is and you've come to render a verdict? Dick says, no. You were only doing what you thought was best, the training, everything. You only did it so I would focus on something other than being angry and sad about what happened to my parents. I had to release the darkness. It was stopping me from realizing all the things you did that helped me. Uh, and then Bruce says, I'd be curious of what you think those things are. And I love this. Maybe Dick says, yeah. maybe another time. <laughs> I mean, so, and this is, this is what we talk about this, about this relationship before is that, uh, Bruce, the, the, what he does with the training with Dick, it's, it's not so he can become his replacement. It's right. so he doesn't. You know, that's the point. He does not want him to become like him. He doesn't, it's, you know, they, they've done this in comics where it's, you know, he's, he says things like, you know, it's too late for yep. me, but not for yep. you type thing, you know? So I, I just, I loved, I love yep. that dialogue. Absolutely. Back agree. and forth. I just, I thought it was just brilliantly written and yeah, you've got the accent in there, but I, I like the way he, mm -hmm. he carried himself. I like the way he yep. sat, you know? He, he, he's, he, uh, so, hmm. Yeah. Just, just really, really, well, really cool and, stuff. And, and I like the okay. way that they, in like, I like the fact that they wrapped it up and kind of moved on to what the, like, didn't make a huge deal of it, but enough to let you know where the story was going. Like, so you're, you're kind of like, well, how the hell are they going to introduce, uh, you know, the next villain and stuff? And we didn't really have any idea. And we kept seeing that clip of 
Jason Todd jumping in front of the camera like Titans is back. I always thought that was kind of a behind the scenes shot. I didn't realize that that the, that that was actually part of the show. And the fact that they used it to pull uh, Deathstroke out of retirement and that he has a history with the Titans was fucking brilliant. I thought that introduction was outstanding. I again, there, there's this show does so much fucking right all the time. Like it, it may have little hiccups here and there, but for the most part, this is one of the most solid shows from week to week that you'll watch. All right. So now, when do you? Okay, what's going to be the the episode where we get Nightwing? Is it going to be the finale? No, I think it is, I say it's probably halfway through the season. I would say probably six or seven you'll get Nightwing. Yeah. I hope so. I mean, I know it'll leak. I know they'll leak and they'll show photos or whatever, but uh, I really... I think you you have to kind of develop... And and one of the things that you brought up was like we, Superboy wasn't even in this episode. Like they didn't show shit. And I totally exactly. forgotten about Superboy. And like I, that was one of the most exciting parts of this upcoming season. So they still have a lot of shit to get to. Uh, they got to do. I think they're going to bring all the Titans back eventually. I think Hawk and Dove will be there. Um, Wonder Girl will obviously be be there in Superboy. But I think once those guys are all together is when the Nightwing costume gets busted out. And I think I want to say that's going to be like at some point Deadshot's going to start going after Hawk and Dove and and uh, and Wonder Girl. And I think that's going to bring I think that's oh, going to bring yeah. Superboy into the fold. And I think that's when Dick's going to start donning the costume and they're going to start going after Deathstroke or somehow like working that into the, to the whole thing. But I think that has to happen probably about halfway through. You might not get it till episode eight or nine, but I, I you're going to have it for at least the last three or four episodes. I don't think it's something that they can hold on to until the last episode, unfortunately. Or fortunately, because I, I think that's... You you need to drop them in that Nightwing suit. You need to at this point. So... But yeah, I fucking... I totally get it. Let's, I gotta t- let's take a quick... Let's, I want to talk about something when we come back. I got, I got something I got to do real quick, but I want to talk about something uh, in the end in Titan okay. Tower. So let's, I'm going to take a quick break and we'll come right, right. right back. Break me off a piece of that Kit Kat bar. Give me a break. Give me a break. Break me off a piece of that Kit Kat bar. That chocolate crisp tastes gonna make your day. And wherever you go, you hear the people say, Give me a break. Give me a break. Break me off a piece of
Alright, sorry about that. I had to do a quick take care of the dogs, you know. That's the way it is. So <laughs> but the, one of the things I did want to say, what I liked is when they got to the you know, the new Titans Tower, uh, and you know, Gar is in the room, you know, that you know, that hero costume display that's now in every superhero show or movie. Yeah. And, uh, so but some things I noticed. Number one, Wonder Girl's costume looks great. Yes. Love it. Uh, on Dove, they, they paired the goggles down. They look more like sunglasses versus big bird-type eyes that from last yep. season. And I am telling you, god damn it, Alan Richardson, his smiling, smart-ass grin when he's in costume is just the best. The, the, yep. The dude should have been the dude should have been fucking Shazam. We talked about this all the yep. time. Yeah. That he there's no one more perfect for that role than Alan Richardson. Like that that to me is fucking like the best casting in the world. And like but you're right, that fucking grin he has that dude that dude's a stud. He's Yeah. He's one of my favorite parts of last season, just because he can turn it on and off when he needs to. Like he showed so much range last season, but I really like the interplay between him and Jason in this episode a lot. Yeah, absolutely. So great. Yeah. It was a great, great season two premiere. And I can't wait to see what yep. they do with Deathstroke and the, with the rest of the team and the, the, the alternate team that went their separate ways. So I, I again, yep. they'll, they'll be coming together very in short order, I would imagine. So. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I like the fact that this, this season's 12 episodes and like, again, fucking perfect number of season or perfect number of episodes. We thought that last season could have gone longer and, I, I think this this season they'll definitely and and they're doing Deathstroke family aren't they they're doing his son yeah. and daughter bringing in yeah absolutely so I I think this is this is perfectly set up for a fucking a twelve episode season I'm, I'm down I love the way it kicked off it's a Jedi for me all day that's awesome I will give it. I actually give it a high Padawan just from the aspect of I think the, the few things I didn't uh, care for about Dispatch and Trigon, but the rest of it was awesome. So yeah. So what? So what? So, uh, what do we got with the? You did a poll. Did you do a poll? I did. I, okay, so we're we're gonna get to our our vintage tournament eight of eighties and action drama television shows. Um, the first day I went out and asked for people to vote, I think I, I was sitting at like four votes and it was almost 50, 50 on both shows or, or both polls for like two days. And I'm like, all right, come on, people hook, hook a motherfucker up here. Would you like, seriously? So I put out a second call to arms to, to go vote. And it was fucking it, for one of these races. It was, real close and one of these races it was not really close at all. oh yeah oh yeah so um i will say 
that Chips and Hill Street Blues fought it out well. There was a while that Chips took a commanding lead, but Hill Street Blues made a motherfucker of a comeback. And like the end total, it was 10 to 8 with Chips winning. Wow. So, yeah, Chips. It, it was it was a good battle. It was fun to watch. But uh, yeah, Chips Chips takes the third spot, and then uh, I I was shocked on this. I apparently there's far more bad acting Shatner fans in the world than I I care to admit because fucking T J Hooker beat the shit out of Hunter fourteen to four. Fucking yes, like. Of course. Just beat the shit out of them. Dude, like, listen. There, there was... This past weekend, we're watching TV, and the commercial, it's, you know, the, um, what's the fucking thing people wear when they sleep now? It's called, uh, it's fucking initials. Uh, oh, my God. What the fuck is it called, David? Uh, For... CPAP. CPAP. Oh, machine. yeah, yeah. C- yeah. It's a fucking commercial with Shatner ah. about CPAP because he wears a CPAP and about, about I didn't even know my CPAP wasn't clean until I got whatever the product is. Yeah. And it's like, it's beautiful. It's a brilliant commercial. It's Shatner. You, how can you not vote for Shatner? Yeah. Well, apparently I, I, I was wrong in my, am I trying to defend Hunter? Because, <laughs> I, I think there is only like only four other people who are like fuck yes Hunter because yeah Shatner like honestly when there was four votes this was split completely down the middle it, it was Chips and Chips with two Hill Street Blues with two TJ Hooker with two and Hunter with two and I'm just like what the fuck and then the minute I put out the second request fucking TJ Hooker just went off the fucking rails and. and and Hunter never recovered. It was it was it was kind of sad. I, I felt my my dreams crushed just a little bit. But every, every, it's okay. Everybody answered the call and they jumped on the hood of that moving vehicle. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they they certainly did. So now we'll move into the second round, and this is our fugitive vigilante kind of television show and in the first match we got the a team and street hawk versus street hawk that's the, that's the motorcycle one. this is kind of a fucking no-brainer yeah yeah it's i forget the dude's name but he kind of he looks like a discount mark singer with fucking froey like more fro kind of hair and he like fucking ran around on this motorcycle with this like it it's kind of looked like a ninja, but they kind of like aerodynamic it out even more, and like, yeah, it it was. I remember loving the show probably because I loved the motorcycle, but it's not a good show, especially compared to the A Team where you got George Papard, fucking, uh, Mr. T, and 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 uh, oh, who the fuck played Face Man? Um, Dirk, Dirk Benedict. Benedict. Yeah, and uh, like the chemistry that those four people had, and how cheesy it was, and 
how often they shot a gun and no one ever died. Like it was, it was super impressive and really gripping. Like even to the point where the, the movie that came out, like I watched the movie and enjoyed it because it felt super nostalgic. Yeah. So to me that the 18 takes this one. Oh yeah. There's no question. Uh, just with the, the the comedy in it with the you know uh, with ba not you know wanting to fly and and them always tricking him on stuff and you got mad dog murdoch dwight schultz uh and papard is genius uh mm-hmm. but yes yeah, so street hawk, street hawk was like those in those mid in those mid late 80s even in the 90s he had those you know again that's like the the motorcycle night rider, uh, right. Or, you know, and then later on, you remember in the early nineties, remember like Viper, they had that with the transforming yep. Viper, that, that car, that was when CG was just starting out. And, uh, what you also had in the eighties, you had, you know, the, the blue thunder TV series. And you oh, yes. Airwolf, you know, all that kind of stuff. So, but, uh, First of all, first now, of all, the eighteen the eighteen was a movie. Movie well, first, first was Roy, yeah with Roy Scheider and 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 Daniel yep. the dude uh, what's his name uh, from Wonder Years the voice of Wonder Years Daniel something. Uh, oh, um, Stern Daniel Stern. Daniel Stern yeah, uh, and uh, yeah but yeah yeah Roy, yeah Roy Scheider uh, in that movie. And uh, uh, Malcolm McDowell is that was the villain in it. Just great movie. So, but uh, so what I was saying. So you had all that kind of stuff at the mm-hmm. kind of c- converging. It was you know it was the mid eighties. You had you know car. You had digital dashes and cars and and you know Chryslers that talked to you. My friend had a <laughs> my parents had a Chrysler New Yorker that talked, and we thought it was the coolest thing in the world. You know your door is open. You know, that's kind of shit. But the, I was, what I was saying about the A-Team, one of one of the, what, probably top five uh, intro, TV intros in history. With the music yeah. and everything. Yep. So, yeah, th- this one, there's no, this one, no question with this one. This We shouldn't be yeah. close, A-Team. Yeah, th- this is this this one's gonna go far in, in this bracket, I think, because it, it it's definitely a favorite of mine. Um, <clears throat> and I love it when a plan comes together. I love it when a plan comes together. <laughs> <laughs> so the next match is going to be the Equalizer versus the uh, versus Wise Guy. That was, was did you was, watch was, either one was of Wise these? Wise Guy? Is that is that Ken? Ken Wall. Was that his name? Yes, Ken Wall, and he was a uh, uh, fucking under. He was an undercover cop in like in the mall, and it, yeah, and this was actually one of my favorite shows. I fucking watched this show religiously, but I also love like mobster stories. So this to me, I I fucking I loved it. I I thought it was a fantastic show wasn't the best acted show but it to me it was one of the most gripping shows um 
I gotta say, I really didn't watch a ton of the Equalizer. Um, there, I know very little about the Equalizer. What I did see, I, I enjoyed it, but I couldn't really tell you much about the Equalizer other than the dude that played him looked like a kind of stuffy British dude, like middle aged, not middle aged, but like forties ish British dude, and that was about it. Who mm-hmm. shot people a lot. Now, um, so I don't think, I don't think I saw much of Wise Guy. I did watch, I did watch some of the Equalizer and that was the, you know, we were in the, in the Clint Eastwood, Dirty Harry era, right? Yeah. So this, this was the, the tough old guy. You know, helping what various people? Is it like like a lot of those yeah. shows? You know, they go they go place to place, or they help people in need. So, yep. um, but yeah, so I would I would go with the Equalizer. Edward Woodward was the guy. Yes, yes, that's it. You know, I'm actually I'm not going to fight you on this one. I'm I'm not going to put this one out to a vote because. Honestly, like as as much as I love the wise, as much as I love the wise guy, it wasn't a great show, and I didn't watch Equalizer enough. But it did seem like one of those shows that I probably would have liked. I think it just was a point where I didn't watch it. Uh, there was something else on probably at the time or uh-huh. whatever. So I, I'm actually going to give you the equalizer on this one because I, I just don't think it's worth the fight or the vote <laughs> to move one to move one of these on. Um, the next one, the next couple, I would I should be interesting. Spencer for hire versus. Scarecrow and Mrs. King. Oh, that one, this one's easy for me. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I fucking love Robert Urich, man. Vegas. I used to watch Vegas. <laughs> uh, yeah. Dude, dude, and you had, uh, like, Spencer for Hire, Avery Brooks, who is Captain Sisko in Deep Space Nine. Yep. Uh, yeah, Robert Urich was, like, the, the 80s. You know, oh man, I don't know. What do I say? Like the TV Burt Reynolds or something like that. Yeah, for a time, like he was the guy, right? So, yeah. um, yeah, yeah. Really, you don't have a whole lot of love for Scarecrow and Mrs. King, huh? Um, not not a ton. Wow. See, I loved I I. I won't say I loved. I I really liked Scarecrow and Mrs. King taking taking the ordinary housewife and making her a CIA agent. Like that that shit cracked me up. But as far as the show goes, yes, I I was definitely more of a Spencer Fryer kind of guy because he he drove he, he drove like a fucking older Mustang too, didn't he? Uh, like uh, it was kind of an older muscle car. Um, I do that. I do not know. 
But it was. I mean, you had. I mean, it was. You had one of the Charlie's Angels, like Kate Jackson, right? Yes. Yep. So, and so that yeah, went, I would. On, how many? I, I, I went four seasons. Okay. Four seasons. That was about the same. Yeah, it was, it, Scarecrow and Mrs. King was, or, was a pretty respectable show. I, I I remember enjoying it, but Spencer for Hire really was a better show. Plus, it took place in Boston. Like yeah. I, I did love seeing the Boston shots in there when I when I used to watch watch it. So. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you. Spencer, for me, this is almost a no-brainer. I do, I do show Scarecrow and Miss King some love, but Spencer Fryer takes it for me on this one, too. And then our last one is, this one's going to be kind of a no-brainer, too. Uh, Knight Rider versus Airwolf. Oh, my, come on. Come on, David. I know. David, that's know. you're bringing a knife to a gunfight. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. There there were two that I know, like, there, there's some that I know are going to move on without really any kind of fight. And A-Team and Knight Rider were definitely the ones, and I was trying to put them up against something that was kind of similar. But... Air, like I, I loved Airwolf because you had Jan Michael Vincent and Ernest Borgnine and that Borgnine, fucking dope yeah. helicopter, and like I did, I did fucking I I enjoyed Airwolf probably more than I should have, but there is just no fucking denying Knight Rider like the how great Hasselhoff pulled off that role and and interacted with that car and like. Yeah, because if you, if you watch if you watch some of the you know interviews with him, and this is what he says, it was his idea to call the car, you know, buddy and all that to try and yeah. you know, build up like you know the like a buddy cop type thing. And again, you just you have some just if you want an eighties clothes, sunglasses, imagery, <laughs> and everything, this is a show to watch. I mean, because you got you know. Women with these big perms. He's got a big perm. No, oh, he's big, got a fucking huge perm. You know, big. You know, he the the top three buttons of his shirt are optional every show. <laughs> uh, you know, he's got the wearing the boots. He's got you know slight. You know, got the, the designer jeans on. Got the leather jacket. He's got the the these lightly frosted sunglasses. It's, it's, <laughs> you know. And then, and then you you've got you know, you you have your typical, you know, damsel in distress doing whatever in a town. But then they you know they mix in the things like car, like Goliath, and you know, shit like that. And yeah. uh, it, it's oh my god, another one again, one of the greatest, again top five, top ten openings of a TV show. Yep. Just this, this, so the one other thing I was thinking about with this show is you could on, on so many different things of this show with sounds you could play a fraction of a second and you immediately know it's Night Rider, like oh yeah, like the sound of the door opening, the sound of the the turbine of the car running by, the sound of turbo boost, the sound of the yep. of the scanner, the whoo whoo back and forth, 
there's just the even even hitting the the turbo boost button you know yep it's there's so many the sound effects in it are so good um the so in the the first episode (laughs) i'm watching it and i'm like oh who's that the evil lady she looks familiar that's fucking larry king's wife the one that they're trying to he's trying to divorce right now sean southwick no so she was in that one and then she was in a season three the um uh, one of the ones I was Goliath or, I, or yeah, I think the Goliath one that she was in, but you remember they did this, they did this in the eighties where you could play like in different seasons, different characters. Like you could bring the same actress back, you know, yes. to be whatever. And like this one, she's literally less than a year apart. She's playing somebody else because they just, you just didn't care back then, you know? Yeah. But, uh, Oh my God. Just, just so, so good such a good show <laughs> yeah yeah i i totally agree uh do we want to do one more round of these motherfuckers yeah, let's do it okay so the next the next genre is sci-fi comic bookish shows um and the first matchup is i got battlestar galactica going up against buck rogers okay this to me is tough because I love both of these shows. <sighs> I, I, there, the fact that they had a robot named Twinkie and like, <laughs> yes, like, and, and fucking Lauren Green being on that show and like, he was, yeah, and, uh, there is just so much that I found it to me. It was like the fantastical version of star Wars. Like it, it was yes. you know, the, yes. the badly acted fantastical version of, of star Wars. Battlestar Galactica felt more, almost more grounded. And, I think I appreciate Battlestar Galactica more now that I'm older. Um, also another Dirk Benedict uh, acted portrayal of, um, oh, oh, fuck's his name. Um, Starbuck. Starbuck, yeah. So I, for me, this is kind of a hard, I, a, a hard decision. I would have to say I probably now enjoy Battlestar Galactica more but if you asked like eight year old me, it might have been Buck Rogers back in the day. But I, I'm gonna go I have to go with Battlestar Galactica. Yeah, this 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 is a tough one because I I watched both of the shows. Um, I uh, I mean I love Gil Gerard. <laughs> yes. Um, but also love like Dirk Benedict and. Was it Rich, was it Richard Hatch? Yes, Richard yep. Hatch. Um, man, this guy. Oh, so I'm gonna have to go kind of like you, very slightly with Battlestar Galactica, just from the aspects of uh, I, I think characters are equal, but the the ships like the Cylon and. Uh, the fucking what the fuck now i've just lost my train of thought on the um the uh 
the good ships. Cylon, oh, Cylon I, Raiders and the um, the uh, Vipers. Yes, the Vipers. Yep. I think those were just more iconic. I had I had like the Cylon toy, the wings pop open, and the thing shoots out stuff. So, um, uh, so yeah, I have to go, I have to go with uh, Battlestar Galactica too. Nice, nice. This this one's a heartbreaker for me. This this next match. Uh, greatest American hero going up against Quantum Leap. Oh man, David! Oh, <laughs> I'm so glad I got that reaction out of oh, you because my... I know, I know, I love both of these shows, but they're both the kind of same hero out of place stories where they're reluctant heroes. They're they're doing shit that they can't really get out of and i really enjoy both like i remember fucking being super psyched when the greatest american era came out and like william cat was just like i the minute i watched him i wanted to see everything he did and then he did like some fucking crazy horror movie where i'm just like whoa that is not the greatest American hero I know. Like, what the fuck? Um, but Quantum Leap was so fucking good, and the stories in it were so amazing. And Dean Stockwell and, and uh, fucking, um, oh, Christ. Scott Bakula. Scott Bakula had such great chemistry, and, and how well Scott Bakula played these different characters like it it to me this is the hardest one I I really don't know where I'm gonna go with this well actually on first hearing both of them it's hard but the more the more I think about it I I have a clear winner on it first um Again, I'm, I love superhero stuff. So, Greatest American Hero is awesome, and the you know the premise of not understanding how the suit works is great. Uh, uh, Connie Selica was mm-hmm. uh, was just I had a crush on her way back when, and the you know Robert Culp is just and I I just love this to this day you know. Geez, Ralph, would you just put the suit on? You know, I just love that shit. And the the they, I never forget when I'm watching that show, and they had the episode. I can't remember what season it was. It may have been late in the first season or something, where the where the aliens come back. He gets the. It's the book. The book. He gets. Remember, he gets the book. So he's so he's like, oh my god, this and they now I know how to use a suit. And so the first thing he does is he shrinks down to the speck of a piece of sand, and yeah. then he says whatever to become regular size. But he left the book down, yep. so he so you're back right where you started. So yep. uh, and and uh, you know just all the the. Uh, the the practical effects of him crashing into you know trash cans and walls <laughs> and and shit like that is great. H- having having said that, uh, there's just there's too there's too many besides funny stories and and 
comedy in Quantum Leap. There's so much heart with that show. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, and then they and then they get into, you know, some serious subject matter, you know, where he's, uh, you know, like a black lady in the South. Yep. And they really start to to really push the envelope on things like that. And, you know, the you know, the pinnacle is the, the JFK episode. Yeah, and... where he's like, I forget he he's Lee Harvey Oswald in one. It's like a two parter because yes. he, yeah. they do where he's Lee Harvey Oswald in one, and then he gets transported, and I forget who he ends up being the second time. He, he, I want to say it's beco- like the F- he, he becomes he becomes the the Secret Service guy from the film Service. that 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 remember yes. that jumps up onto the car, right? Yep, and, and it turns out that if he the way he changed history was they also killed Jackie O. Yeah, because and he saved Jackie O. That's right. Yeah, because I, I'm watching that episode and he comes back and he's like to to Al and he's like, you know, I failed or whatever, and he's like, what do you you know? And basically he says, no, the 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 first go around they, you know, killed them both, and yep. that so. Basically, you know, it's the history we know is because of that. That's just just great, great writing. And, uh, you know, the ending of the you know ending of the show is just is is awesome. And Scott Bakula is just just does just a great, great performance of of uh, Sam Beckett. So, yeah, I got I got to go with Quantum Leap. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I It is. It it is a it it's a rough fight, but yeah, in the end, it, it, there's no no stop in quantum leap just because it, it is the the story like that that story more than anything. The JFK episodes stick out more than anything I've watched in a lot of TV. Where like the more I think about it, I'm like, holy shit, that that. Those two episodes were must-watch TV, and then I think when when he's the old black lady, I think he actually is Rosa Parks. Man, it could be. So yeah. like, I the, the the shit that the that Quantum Leap tackled to me was is was beyond its time. So yeah, it, Quantum Leap takes it for me as well. Our uh, our next match is V versus Amazing Stories. Mm. Yeah, to me, like, see, I remember V. I I think the mini series of it was was better than the actual show. Although the show was good, also had Mark Singer in it. Um, which to me I amazing stories was kind of like a Steven Spielbergish Twilight Zone episode. Just kind of random weird stories. And, and I think the one that always sticks out for me for for one of those episodes was uh, a World War Two bomber was severely damaged and and there's this kid who's kind of 
stuck in a gunner's turret and can't get out and the the plane's like on its last wing basically yeah and, and yeah they were going they, in for yeah, I love it i love he, it and, and they can't fucking put the landing gears down and he starts drawing like they, he realizes that his drawings are coming to life so he starts drawing like the landing the the landing gear and and the wheel coming down and it's this big fucking candy cane looking wheel and it ends up landing everyone safely. So, but like I said, I remember that episode more than any other episode on amazing stories. Whereas I kind of feel like I probably know V better, but I think overall in the end, I think amazing stories was done better. So I'm kind of torn because I think I really liked V at the time. Really, really, really liked it. But I think if I were to rewatch it, I think I'd end up liking Amazing Stories more now. Yeah, the um, yeah, the, the yeah, Casey Sinisco, I think was his name, was that turret uh, yep. pilot, and it was it was something like um they were like on their last mission or they were like the lucky plane or he was their lucky charm or something. And, right. and, uh, so yeah. And he basically, he draws and conjures that up. And then after they land and they kind of snap him out of it, then it disappears, yep. you know, which was cool. But no, see, I remember, uh, cause I love that series. Uh, I remember that, uh, wasn't this also the one with, uh, that they did the, they did the take on the Twilight Zone episode where the um, the kid the kid who had like godlike powers was that the one was that in this was that I thought that was in Amazing Stories where they uh, the kid you know people were the family was afraid of making him mad yeah I think you're right uh, and I think it was like Bill Mummy. Well, no, actually, Bill Mummy that was in the Twilight Zone version of that episode. Uh, I'm kind of, I'm trying to think. Um, and, and then, was this also the one with the the dude, uh, the racist guy with with the Holocaust, and um, he was uh, he was like at a bar. And he was super racist, and it, and it turns out Fuck. when he when he leave when he leaves he's then he's the one on the train to like how they how they trained the Jews to yeah the uh, cow or whatever that you know the different places I I'm, I'm I don't know if I'm getting Twilight Zone the the Twilight Zone remake confused with this or because <laughs> <laughs> remember because remember they did. Like uh, you know the John Lithgow with the the alien on the wing of the plane, remember? Yes. I may yeah, be yeah. I may be confusing the Twilight Zone remake. Yeah, you might be. Yeah. Um, I, I fuck. I really don't remember. And they only. This is funny. IMDb only gives. I know. That's what I'm looking for. The too. first six titles of the of the series, and then the fucking seven through ten are all episode labeled 
episode number 1.7. I'm like, fuck you. So, well, yeah, I'm, fuck, man. I don't. I'm going to see. I, uh, go, I'm Now I'm going to go to. Uh, actually, it's on the fucking NBC app, dude. Is it really? Yeah, I mean, um, cause, cause, uh, it's they're, they're re-redoing, they're redoing that, aren't they? Oh, they might be. Cause it's showing, it's showing here, 2019 TV series. No shit. Uh, the series is produced for Apple TV. Oh. Wow. How about them apples? <laughs> you like them apples. How you like them That should be their slogan, right? Right? Uh, so where are you going to go with? Veer or the amazing stories? Um, okay. Hold on a second. Uh, I found I found the episodes. So for amazing stories. And yeah, the one I'm thinking of, I think is on there. Uh, let's see. Casey, there's the, the mission is one Casey Samesco. A belly turret gunner is trapped in the compartment of a World War II bomber. Also starring Kevin Costner and Kiefer Sutherland no, and, and Anthony LaPaglia in a minor role. Holy shit. Wow! Holy crap, man! Harvey Keitel's in one of them. That's crazy. Yeah, I remember this show being a big deal because it was like the first television show produced by Steven Spielberg. Like he didn't. He it was it was a big deal that his name was attached to it. Holy cow, man. Interesting, interesting. If, well, dude, if that's on the freaking app, I got to watch some of this. Patrick Swayze's in one of them. David Carradine. Hmm. Dude, this... I, and I didn't realize it went it went two seasons? I only thought it went one, but it might have gone two. Shit. 25 episodes. Um, hmm. I, I... Yeah, we... I'll go. I gotta go with amazing stories. Yeah, I think I'll, I'm I'm there with you. I think especially now that I'm psyched to go watch it. I, I will say the other thing that V had going for it was the hot fucking bad chick who had the fucking permy dark black hair that like went down past her shoulder, and her jumpsuit was always like super V cut so that like. You didn't really, like got super cleavage out of her. Like, oh my god, I I fucking love that chick. But uh, that well, being I liked, aside, I like the uh, you know the the two thousand nine remake of it with Marina Baccarin. I, I didn't watch it. Oh, dude! I it's... think I I think I saw like the first two episodes and then I was out for whatever reason. No, yeah, it's 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 actually it's actually good. She's really she's a really good sinister sinister person you know what i mean hmm. yeah maybe i will have to check that out i'm definitely going after those amazing stories though like I, it's been a while and the fact that you said that he like all those people were in that one episode like that's amazing to me like come on 
Yep, it's yep, it's on there. It's on NBC app. Impressive. Awesome, man. So our last last fight for tonight might might hurt you a little bit. It, I have a I have a super clear favorite on this, but this this one might be a little hard for you. I got the Incredible Hulk going up against Superboy. <laughs> okay, so I'm a you know obviously I'm a huge Superman fan, and Superboy was done by the Salkinds because they found out. And again, this is like this would never happen today. That wow. The rights to Superboy are available, <laughs> you know. <laughs> it's like that's how this shit happened back in the seventies. Like nobody, well, yeah, sure, sure, you can you can get the rights to Superman to make a movie. You know, who cares? Yeah, it's just it's crazy when you think about stuff like that. But so it it had uh, it had kind of the Christopher Reeve feel. It had the fortress look. It had the the. Whenever you saw the Kryptonians, it was super cheesy, but they did use they did use a ton of practical wire work. The same, I think it was the same dude who worked on the movies. So yeah. so the I love the the uh, the flying sequences from you know taking off and things like that. Um, they changed it up after season one. They got rid of John Hames Newton, brought in Ger- Gerard Christopher, and then kind of like what they do in a lot of these series they they kind of embrace the comics roots and you get you got metallo and you got more of an actual lex luthor and uh you got uh uh you know a uh uh mixoplick and things like that yeah. so and i had a huge crush on stacy hyduke who was lana lang in that show and she's now on one uh, she's on like a cbs soap opera and she's even more hot uh, as a 50 year old you know what i mean yeah she because she's like into yoga and all this stuff and she's super fit anyway sorry uh but um uh but i but saying all that i i still have to go with the incredible hulk because um uh bill bixby and being chased by Jack Colvin and going town to town and the the personal stories were what drove each episode and not okay what do we got to do to transform into the Hulk and and right. you know, wrap this up and and you always got the you know at the end of every episode the yeah he may have saved the day but uh, his uh, uh, McGee is now back on his trail, so you got to move on, and you get that, you know, piano music as he's you know hitchhiking. Or the walking. lonely man, the theme. lonely man theme, which is just, which is just great. And and then plus, okay, besides the show, it spawned some cheesy TV movies, The Trial of the Incredible Hulk. You had which, which. Had Daredevil in it and, and was played by the dude who was on Street Hawk yes. as the Street Hawk. Yeah. yeah, you had you had the uh, 
the black suit daredevil like we saw yep. in the Netflix series. And then you also had beer swilling Thor. <laughs> okay. So, uh, but yeah, it, and uh, another great, uh, another classic opening with the music yep. and the, the setup and showing the, the origin story, you know, and in the pilot you had, uh, with it, was it, uh, uh, Meredith Baxter Bernie was, was his, his wife on the show. Yeah. Remember yes. and with the, in the yep. rain coming down and of course he's trying to, you know, the lab accident, but then he's trying to save her and he turns into Hulk and that's what McGee sees. So he figures he killed, you know, Banner and killed his wife and all that. It's just, it's awesome. That's just such a great show. It's such a great show. Yeah. Now it would now and, now David, it would have been harder if you would have said uh, the Spider Man TV series from the seventies and Superboy. Yeah, that's a closer. <laughs> yeah, that that that's, that's a closer much, match. Much closer. Actually, the seventies Spider Man up against the Incredible Hulk might be a, a tough one for me because I. As cheesy as that Spider-Man show was, God damn it, didn't I love it, man? I, but there, there's really no fighting, fighting it because like you really wouldn't like me when I'm angry, Mister McGee. Oh my god! Like that's a fucking I, come classic, on. dude. I actually, I, I remember watching um, Dogma, and towards the end of the film, fucking. Ben Affleck comes down in in his full wing glory and shit. And uh, there's a a reporter asking them questions and just asking stupid questions. And Ben walks up and goes, you wouldn't like me when I'm angry, Mr. McGee, and just fucking snaps the dude's neck. And I fucking died laughing because I'm like, oh, my God, they threw a fucking Hulk reference in there. And like. You know, everyone's like, oh, my God, Ben just killed someone. Now I'm fucking dying. Like, I have tears rolling down my cheeks. I'm laughing so fucking hard. So, the, to me, like, and and I was the biggest Incredible Hulk fan. Like, I, there, My aunt told stories up until the day she died about me watching the Incredible Hulk. And the first time that I saw that shit. And he transformed into the Hulk. I fucking hid, like hid like behind a couch or something. Like was like was shaking. My aunt loved telling that. And then after that, she said I would just fucking sit there glued to the television, waiting for that fucking show to come on. So to me, it, it it's the Incredible Hulk all day, obviously. So, yeah, yeah, a classic, classic show. Yeah, one of the Absolutely. one of the few one of the few ones they got right because it was again focused on the 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 story and yeah. you know helping people and all that and right. do you, you and remember he, you remember the episode with the it was the dude who got i don't know how he uh, he he became like the Jekyll and Hyde Hulk yes you remember that one yep or david you know he was trying to get a cure or whatever and the guy took it and then he became oh gosh so, so many good things on that. Yeah, and, and and that's the thing. It was very fucking kind of villain of the week episodes. Like it, it, there wasn't a whole lot of crossover. There, it was very, you know, succinct. But the your through line was following Dave because they changed his name to David Banner. That was the other thing I loved in in that show was that 
instead of Bruce, they called him David because yeah. you know, fucking five year old me was like, that's my name. Yes. Fuck. I'm the Hulk. You know, so like, so, but like, um, that was like the one through line was, you know, David kind of running from town to town and McGee chasing him and, and the mill like, that there was kind of a through connective tissue through through the series but in the end it was really you know from town to town kind of show there was different situations and very seldomly bled over to a two episode show or something but fucking love the incredible hulk absolutely love it hundred percent yeah so do you do you want to finish off this round of the bracket and go to the last Last one, or do you want to save, save that for, for next week? Okay, good because that that's that's got some good ones on it too. That there's going to be some there there's going to be some discussion. I, I think there's three very easy picks in this round, but the last one's going to be kind of tough. But they're all good shows, and we'll end up talking about them for for now cool. easily. All right, so I guess that that will do it. Do you have any like last thoughts? Anything uh, on your mind? No, I'm just looking at uh, pictures of Stacy Hyduk online. <laughs> <laughs> She's on like the Young and the Restless right now. She's like on, uh, but uh, oh my gosh, I gotta, I gotta close that browser down. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Uh, it's uh, I love I love talking about this stuff. And again, there's there's so m- I didn't know yeah. there's so much good stuff. It's funny looking at amazing stories. Okay, on uh, on the NBC app, it says it says yeah. if you liked amazing stories, and then you guess guess the three things that are shown below: Quantum Leap, Battlestar Galactica, and Knight Rider. <laughs> 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 then it's got then it's oh, got uh, uh it was a one season i watched this did you ever watch the cape the cape yes. it's got the cape uh, so oh my god oh yeah my god. i remember that shit. holy shit so yeah that's cool nice all right. Well, if uh, you you want to see other shit that we do, we're on we're on Instagram on Vintage Geeks Podcast, um, Facebook Vintage Geeks Podcast, Twitter at Vintage underscore Geeks, and if you'd like to email us, you can reach us at Vintage Geeks Podcast at gmail dot com. And I will uh, say so long until next time. We'll see you next week. Your logic in this case is totally illogical, and yet it's absolutely correct. This is just amazing. No, kid. It's just human.